The Bible Study Podcast, episode 683. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 38. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We left our hero, Joseph, who is going to be the focus of the most of the rest of this book in bondage in Egypt, and we're going to leave him there for one more chapter as we deal with an odd story about Judah and Tamar. At that time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a man of Adulam named Harah. There Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and made love to her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son who was named Er. She conceived again and gave birth to a son and named him Onan. She gave birth to still another son and named him Shelah. It was at Kezib that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Er, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the child would not be his, so whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring for his brother. What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death also. Judah then said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, Live as a widow in your father's household until my son Shelah grows up, for he thought he may die too just like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's household. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. Then Judah had recovered from his grief. He went up to Timnah, to the men who were shearing his sheep, and his friend Harah, the Adulamite, went with him. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep, she took off her widow's clothes, covered herself with a veil to disguise herself, and then sat down at the entrance to Inaim, which is the road to Timnah, for she saw that though Shelah had now grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. Not realizing that she was his daughter-in-law, he went over to her by the roadside and said, Come now, let me sleep with you. And what will you give me to sleep with you? she asked. I'll send you a young goat from my flock, he said. Will you give me something as a pledge until you send it? she asked. He said, What pledge shall I give you? Your seal and its cord and the staff in your hand, she answered. So he gave them to her and slept with her, and she became pregnant by him. After she left, she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothes again. Meanwhile, Judah sent the young goat by his friend the Adulamite in order to get his pledge back from the woman, but he did not find her. He asked the men who lived there, where is the shrine prostitute who was beside the road at Enaim? There hasn't been any shrine prostitute here, they said. So he went back to Judah and said, I didn't find her besides. The men who lived there said there hasn't been any shrine prostitute here. Then Judah said, let her keep what she has or we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send her this young goat, but you didn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told your daughter-in-law Tamar is guilty of prostitution. And as a result, she is now pregnant. Judah said, bring her out and have her burned to death. As she was being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by a man who owns these, she said. 
And she added, see if you recognize whose seal and cord and staff these are. Judah recognized them and said, she is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her my son Shelah. And he did not sleep with her again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand. So the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first. But when he drew back his hand, his brother came out and she said, this is how you have broken out. And he was named Perez. Then his brother, who had the scarlet thread on his wrist, came out, and his name was Zerah. And for names there, Perez means breaking out, and Zerah means scarlet or brightness. So from that scarlet thread. So this is another one of these odd stories here in Genesis. And one of the things we should do is understand a little bit of what's going on before we try and get any meaning out of this for us. So put it in the historic context of the time, historical context of the time. And so, first of all, it was the responsibility of the brother to have children for the brother by his widow. That is something we don't do today, but that was to carry on that family line. And so, the second brother after his brother died, apparently killed by God because he was evil, and that's all we know about him, Er, he decides he does not want to have children by his brother's wife because they wouldn't be his kids. They wouldn't carry on his family name, and that is against the customs of the time. I wanted to say against the law, but of course we're pre-law by 500 years. But that is against the customs of the time because it would leave her out with no kids to protect her and it would leave his brother's name to disappear. And so Judah says, you know, now that these two brothers have died, because the second one also dies because what he did is evil in God's sight. He said, wait for the third brother, but he does not then give that third brother to her when that brother is of age. And so she basically plots and figures out a way to get pregnant by this family, by Judah himself, by pretending to be, and it says a prostitute, but then later on a shrine prostitute. And one of the things we need to understand is that well into Jesus' time in different pagan religions, especially the religion apparently at Canaan at this time, there would be associated sometimes with a temple uh, prostitution. And that would be a semi-religious, semi-sexual sort of thing, you know, depending on why you're doing it. But so he thinks that she is the shrine prostitute. She thinks He thinks that she is the local prostitute and he buys sex with her. And then when she gets pregnant, that's a real big problem because she is still married even though she's a widow. Because even though she's a widow, apparently she's being unfaithful, which is an interesting way to look at that. And yet it's okay to have prostitution. I mean, there's, there's some problems with the way things are set up at this point. Let's, let's admit that because it's okay for him to have sex with a prostitute, but if she has sex with somebody, then she's going to get burned, is, is rather a double standard. But she calls him out because she has claimed things that he will recognize and that people will recognize as his. 
And so when she's going to be killed for this quote-unquote crime, she basically tells him, sends these things and said, this is the man. And she doesn't tell him in public and everybody then knows that he has slept with his daughter-in-law, which is not a good thing. But he t- she tells her in a way that he will know. And so he makes sure that she doesn't get punished for this because he says, she's more righteous than I am. I, I screwed up. I should have given my third son. That's the way things are done. That's the right thing to do. But I didn't. And so she has these two sons who will be then sons in the tribe of Judah. These two sons who are fighting for each other, struggling for each other in the womb, Perez and Zerah. Okay, so that's what happens here. (laughs) What do we do with a story like this? Because it's a difficult story to look at and say, oh, therefore I know what I should do in my life. Because let's hope you're not having a lot of interaction with shrine prostitutes um, or prostitutes of any kind. That's probably not the right thing to do. I think we can agree on that. We can look at the story of Er, who is doing evil and that he's the Lord put him to death, and we could live in fear for that. And I'm not sure that we should, but we sure can gain from that that God does care about sin. And of course, we know living on this side of Jesus coming that God cares so much that he sent his son. So God doesn't just care in this vindictive sort of way, but God cares in a way that he provided a way out for him at great cost to Jesus. So that's the same then that God cared about sin. It's just that God's, the way that God deals with that on this side of the resurrection is different in general. But God still cares about sin, right? Otherwise God wouldn't have done what he did and sent Jesus. So we can pull that out of this what do we do with Tamar? We definitely see in Tamar some shrewdness within the day that she lived in terms of how she dealt with this situation. She solved her problem when no one else would. Her problem of not having these kids to carry on the the brother's line and not having these kids to take care of her in her old age. And she does this in rather a shrewd and cunning fashion in a way that is, you know, almost gets her killed, but doesn't. But I'm not sure what to tell you with that. You know, therefore, go and be shrewd and cunning is probably also not the right message to get from this. But again, I think the theme that I keep coming back to here in Genesis is that God is working through this, this, you know, originally an individual, Abraham, and Isaac, another individual, and then through the clan here that is as this family is turning into a clan, is turning into a people, is turning into a nation by the time we get to Exodus. And he's working with them and through them and in them, despite the fact that they're a mixed bag. You know, some evil like Er, some shrewd like Tamar, some faithful like Abraham. God is working through his people, both at that time and this time, not because his people are perfect, not because his people are the best people, but because God loves them and God has a plan that he is working out. And that's a good lead-in to next week's chapter as we get back to Joseph.
And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinise Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.